And it's always just such an honor to be up here and be able to share with my brothers and sisters in Christ and, and my uh, favorite place to be on Sunday morning. No place I'd rather be, so it's just awesome being up here. Um, it's just a, a wonderful thing being a Christian, and especially in the country we live in and the time we live in, it's just a, an amazing thing. But a lot of us know the story of King Solomon. I hope so. Was, um, he's, he was, became king of Israel um, at a young age, and so God approached him and he said, um, he said, hey, ask me for anything that you want, just anything. And then Solomon prayed for wisdom. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom to, to lead these people. You know, I'm young. I don't know what I'm doing, etc." And God was like, awesome. You know, that's, you could ask me for riches and all that stuff like that, fame. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm also going to give you riches and fame. And um, so we know Solomon is like the wisest man of his time and maybe ever. And Later in his years, he, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And if you get, a lot of you know, guys know that, that book, he's, it's like uh, written like 3,000 years ago, uh, 935 BC. And he's basically, after all his wisdom, after going through all of his view of the, of the world and how mankind does their thing, you know, man works and dies and stocks up wealth and loses it and just everything is, seems to be meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. He goes on and on. And uh, I think the Hebrew word is like hevel, which is like, uh, means like vapor, smoke. It's just like, it's here and it's gone. It's like, it's meaningless. And um, that's kind of what I'm going to do this morning is, because this is kind of how I think. And, and so looking like at ourselves as humanity, as humans, as human beings, I mean, I feel like we're kind of meaningless, you know, when it comes, comes down to it. You know, Humankind is not great. So the, the late Christopher Hitchens was like a, an atheist, British atheist, and he wrote this book called God is Not Great. Well, I'm here to say this morning that humanity is not great. And so, really, I mean, humanity is absurd. And I think that's why a lot of people don't really believe in God, because we look at, you look at the world, we look at humanity, and we're just like, it's all absurd. You know, it's like, it's just, everything's so ridiculous. So it's like automatically people already assume that if there is a God, that he would be perfect, everything would be good, and, and all that stuff, which is true. You know, so that's amazing that even the unbelievers believe that God would be the way he really is. That's an, that's an amazing thing. So even at that, it lets you know, like, dude, you know, how do you know that by default? It's because it's innate in you. So we are weak creatures. We're limited in our understanding. We're full of ignorance. And it's like, you know, why is it that as humanity we have to learn? You know, as soon as, we, as soon as we're born and we grow up, we have to learn. We're taught, we're teaching, we go to school, we go to church, all this kind of stuff. We're always in a constant state of learning, whether you're nine years old or 99. It's, you're always learning. It's like we're never, we're never quite right there. So I think what we need to do as people, as hum, humans, is we need to start looking at ourselves in the right perspective. The perspective is that we're all just mere babes. We're all just children. You know, no matter how old you are, we're all just children. And so we need to realize that we don't know everything and that there are mysteries to this life, to existence, way beyond our understanding. So I think we need to realize that, again, that we're babes and that we don't know everything. So when we see ourselves as children, 
and I'm, I'm going to play with some terms here. I'm going to play with childish and childlike. So let's look at childish like um, it's foolishness. It's the foolish way of thinking. And childlike being humility, being humble. And so we can break down, so let's look at this. So childish, what are some childish things? Being childish is like you're a know-it-all, you know it all, you have it all figured out. At least you think you do. Uh, you're selfish in your behavior. You know, you're like, what's, what's a child do? Mine, you know, I want that. You know, that's a child, so that's childish. That you only want to eat good stuff, stuff that tastes good. Whether you're little or whether you're old, you know, you always want to eat something. There's a lot of look at us. We can't get off of, you know, Starbucks and, and Taco Bell and stuff like that and cake and ice cream. It's just, it's in our innate behavior. Um, we want to play all the time. So again, whether you're a child or even a human being, you know, you want to just, you know, watch Disney Plus and play with your hobbies and, you know, go golfing and fishing. You just want to play. Uh, crying and fussing. You know, making a big deal about minor stuff. You know, we as adults, we do that thing. We argue. We have our factions, our politics, you know, kind of our little groups that we want to keep. Um, we're secluded in our own little worlds. You know, like when kids are, like, in their own world, it's like just trying to get them out of it. It's just hard. You know, they're playing, they're pretending. And, uh, and they're set, set in their own way. So those are childish kind of thinking, childish behavior. So whether you're a little child or whether you're an adult, we constantly think like this. This is kind of how we, we process. So some ways of being childlike are like knowing that we don't know it all. So if you know a little child, a little child knows they don't know it all. That's why mommy, daddy, what does this mean? You know, they're always asking questions. Asking questions, being willing to learn, having curiosity, that's a childlike uh, aspect to have. Believing, children believe anything. You know, you tell them anything, they believe it. Uh, they trust, you know, knowing that mom and dad would take care of them. Uh, they're willing to learn. Being childlike is also being willing to be obedient. Of course, we can, not all of our kids are like that, but <laughs> in a sense, a child wants to be, have a meaning of what do I need to do? You know, give me a line to walk. Um, childlike things also being giving and sharing. You know, it's just, for the most part, when a child, you know, hey, you can have some of mine, you know, you, you always see someone that, that's a childlike thing. Adapting to the ways of the parent. You know, you see what mommy and daddy are doing. You know, you're seeing what your guardian's doing. You, you're kind of adapting because that's what you see them do. You know, you adapt to that. It's a childlike behavior. You know, and then a lot of little kids like to brag about their parents. You know, my daddy can whip your daddy, you know, and <laughs> my mommy is the be most beautiful in the world, you know, and so it's just a childlike behavior. So it's a beautiful thing having a, being childlike. Being childish, you know, we don't care too much. That's usually the kids you see in Walmart, you know, going crazy. And I don't know why it is. Every time I'm at Walmart, it seems like it's always the same kid making that loud, eh! For years, I think 20 years, every time I go, you hear him, ah, and it's like, is it that same kid? It's like, grow up already. And that's how a lot of us are, we're that same kid, you know, 45 years, ah, you know, so it's like. All right, so uh, let's dive into the scriptures here. So Matthew 18, and this is Jesus talking, um, as we, there's, there's a, a few times where the disciples are always kind of fighting with each other, asking, uh, who's the greatest? Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And so here they are. They asked this. So Matthew 18, verse 1, it says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So this is Jesus talking. 
And this is basically where we get that, that term childlike faith. Because here, Jesus is saying, look, if you want to be great, you want to be the greatest in, in heaven, you need to become like a child. You need to have a humble heart. Humble yourselves. And this is what God looks for. He, he looks for people who have a childlike heart, who have a humble mindset. And this is what he's looking for. Because um, when we think we know it all, then we're snot-nosed brat little punk that needs to be set straight, you know, and you're causing all kinds of problems. But Jesus is like, no, you're missing the whole point. You need to humble yourselves before God. You don't know everything. You need to submit yourself to him. And so when we have this mindset, this childlike faith, this childlike humility, this is when we begin to see that greatness in the kingdom of God is realizing that we don't know it all, that we need God, that we need to be dependent on him. We need Jesus. Apart from Jesus, apart from God, we can do nothing. So that's the, that's the, the mindset we should have. Isaiah 66, verse 1. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where is my resting place? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things so they came into being? There's clear the Lord. These are the ones I'll look, with, look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. So here God is saying, look, heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. I made everything seen and unseen. There's nothing you guys can make that can compare and can contain me. And he's like, this is the kind of people I'm looking for. These are the kind of people I want to bless, that I want to show my favor to. It's the people who are humble, who are contrite. Contrite just meaning repentant, meaning like, God, I don't have it all together. God, I need you. Humble yourself. This is the kind of people he's looking for, the kind of people who tremble at his word. You are the God Almighty. Your word is amazing. Your word can change and rock my world. We're just, it's an amazing thing about that. So God looks for favor. He wants to bless people who humble themselves before him and are repentant and have a repentant heart. And so I like how James puts it here, James chapter 4. Now he's going to go through this, the whole little thing that humanity does as a whole and just kind of break it down. And then he ends it with a, with a beautiful thing. So there's 10 verses here, so just follow me here. And it said, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but, not, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. And when he's saying here adulterous people, he's not talking about, hey, you cheat on your wife or your husband. He's talking about people who are unfaithful to the covenant, unfaithful to God. And so he's saying, you, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. And so 
He's breaking all this down. So look, our, our mindset, our childish behavior is we're always quarreling and fighting and always asking for stuff. And, and then we do ask God for something. We have our wrong motives about it because we want to, yeah, God bless me and give me all this money and give me wealth and give me this car and stuff like that. And, but it becomes to the point where you're doing it for the wrong motives. God's not going to bless you with that and just let you, you know, destroy yourselves. And also we have this tendency to always have these factions and want to fight and bicker and, and demonize people and stuff like that. But it's like, look here, that's not the way to, that's not the kind of child, the kind of children we should be. We need to humble ourselves before God. And if we want to be great, we need to humble ourselves before God and he will lift us up. He will exalt us. We are mere babes. And so we need to realize that our childish ways are the problem. Our childish ways are what, are what hinders us from growing, from growing up spiritually. We need to realize that God is higher, that he is superior. So Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and, and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory forever. Amen. All glory forever to him. So God is superior. He is the one who knows it all. He is the one who is all powerful. And he is the one who is in control. And so when we begin to see that, then that puts, us, puts it all in perspective. We realize that, okay, we do not know it all. We do not have it all together. The wisest of us do not have it all together. And so we need to put ourselves in perspective. So I talked about Solomon earlier in the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm going to pull a verse from there. And again, this is him just, and his, all his wisdom that God's given him, he just basically put it all together and he's just like, this, he, says, he says this, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 17. Then I saw all that God has done. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all their efforts to search it out, no one can discover its meaning, even if the wise claim they know they cannot really comprehend it. And, you know, this was written 3,000 years ago. I mean, you know, this is still so relevant for today. So just think about it. We discovered so much just within the last 100 years. DNA, the atomic bomb, you know, quantum physics, all these amazing things. Yet we still don't, don't know what we're doing. We still don't have a clue what they are. In the, in the sciences and medical field, they call it practicing medicine because they keep practicing on us, you know? <laughs> how, many, how many of you guys are on medication and, and you've got to change medication so many times because your eyeball fell out or <laughs> your big toe grew or something like that? You know, they're experimenting on us, you know? And so it's like, they don't, they don't have it together. No one knows anything. And so you're only, we're only, they're only scratching the surface. So again, my point is humanity does not know it all. We need to humble ourselves. We are mere babes. So we must become childlike and have faith. We must have this trust in the one who is superior, that is God. And so our Heavenly Father, our God, is the one who is there to raise us as children. And he wants to raise us. The thing is, is that he gives us the choice. You know, we want to be that kid that wants to be raised by wolves or... Do we want to be raised by our Heavenly Father? So this, this is the goal we should be on. So we need to be humble. We need to be humble before God. We need to have humility. Other thing we need to have is faith. 
Galatians 3.26, it says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And in Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, And without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so again, remember, faith is this condition of where we are taking our mindset and we are just saying, we're just kind of reverting back to a, like a childlike state. We're just saying, I don't have it all figured out. I just believe. I don't see it, but I believe because I trust my Heavenly Father. I trust God. I trust my Creator. And so that's when you just pull back and you say, okay, I don't have it all together, but God, you do. That's faith. And the other things that we always struggle with is that, is God going to provide for us? Because we, we don't see Him. We don't understand. And so we live in this world and we're like, what's going to happen with me? How's He going to take care of me? And so Jesus talks about this in Matthew verse, chapter 6, verse 31. And he says, do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need, the, need them. So just like a child knows that their mommy and daddy is going to provide everything they need, that's how we should be with our Father God. You know, because it's like a child knows no matter what. You know, a child doesn't, doesn't know that their parents are struggling, you know, that they're having a hard time paying the bills, you know, that they're not sure if they're going to be able to, you know, have the food in the refrigerator in the pantry and all that stuff. But, and usually the parent doesn't really tell, tell that to the child, but the child knows mom's, mom and dad's going to take care of me. Everything's going to be great. We need to have that same mindset towards our Heavenly Father. God's going to take care of me. It's going to be under control. No matter what it looks like, it's going to be good. Amen. And we also need to see that God wants to parent us. He wants to help us to grow. He wants to give us good discipline, and he wants to provide all of our needs. And again, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So as a child of God, we must have faith. And so when people lose faith in God, it's basically like they're saying, I'm not a child. I got it all figured out. There's no one beyond me. You know, I got this. You know, so and then they go, they go on, on the wrong route. They're saying, I'm not accountable to nobody. And so these are people who don't believe God. These are people who are just saying, no, I'm not going to humble myself. I'm fine. I'm good. That is childish thinking. That's foolish. Amen. You know, this, the crazy thing about kids is that it's funny when you see a toddler try to do things on their own because they don't really have it all straight. Uh, I'm going to tell this story. Uh, when I was younger, a long time ago in this church, I was, at a, I was an usher at a, at, a, at a wedding for a friend of mine. And this is back when the church faced this way. You know, the stage was right there. It was like 700 feet high. And, uh, and so back here, there was an entrance. And uh, I think the stairs were probably about as long as, probably about as high as these. And so I was back there, along with everybody else. And, you know, and the flower girl is, is getting ready to come out. And she was a little bitty thing. And um, so she's getting ready. But... No one knows. Everyone's facing this way. They're all getting ready. And so I'm, I'm in the back. And when she's getting ready, and they're like, come on, you know, it's time to get ready. Come and she's like, come on, take my hand. She's like, no. You know, and it's like, all right, come on. And they're trying to get her all ready. She's, ah, you know, she's like, I got this, gone. And so it's finally, okay, now it's time to go. And so she's, and she's, she's all dressed, all pretty in her white little gown and little wreath on her head and stuff like that. And she got a little basket, and then she takes a step, and then. <laughs> Goes down the stairs. Then there's that long pause, and then the, 
and then it just floods the whole sanctuary, and uh, it just did not go right. So she didn't get a chance to walk down the aisle and throw the flowers. So mommy took her and took her to back and hollered and screaming, and that was it. So my, my, my point is, is that we act like this. We got it all. I got it under control. I'm good. Gone. And then you go take that step, and you blow it. And say, so why is it? That's at the moment that we're all like, God, help me, you know, because you, you blew it. And God's like, dude, I was trying to tell you. I'm trying to take your hand. Let's go down the steps together. Let's walk this path together. You know, I'm going to let you throw the flowers. It's okay. We're good. <laughs> Childish. Childish thinking. Childish behavior. All right. So a child that does not have honor and respect towards their parents is a child that's on the path towards rebellion. And so... When you see a child who just doesn't have any honor or respect for their parent, it's just like they're on the path to destruction. It's not good. And so it's the same way with people. When we don't have any fear, reverence, honor towards God our Father, then this is, this is a problem. And this is kind of the sad thing with a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians, you know, they might humble themselves every now and then before God. You know, they'll have some faith. But a lot of times with Christians is that they don't have, they don't have any fear of God. They don't revere God. They don't see God as up here. When you revere God, when you have fear of God, God is up here. He is amazing. He is awesome. He's the transcendent one. He's the almighty. He's the one who knows it all. He's the creator, the maker. Oh, God, who am I? That's the fear of God. But a lot of us don't even have that. And so that's why it's easy for a lot of Christians to sin. That's why it's easy for a lot of Christians to walk away from the faith. And that's it, because they never had any fear of God. And they never had fear of God because they never knew God. And so this is a problem in our church. This is a problem in Christianity today and always. When you don't fear God, we don't revere God as the superior one, as the father, as the holy one, as the unique one, who's beyond you, who's beyond all, the, all, all our understanding. When you don't have that and you don't know his loving and kind and beautiful nature, then of course you could just easily walk away from the faith. Of course, you can just easily go and sin any kind of way you want because you have no fear of God. You have no understanding of who he is and all that stuff. And it's, it's a sad thing. I just, I really hate seeing people go through that and then have to learn the hard way. So it is easier for a Christian to sin if they, you know, and walk away from the faith and are like that. So it's that childish nature. And, you know, there, there's this, this lie that goes about Today, I, I know every now and then I wake up in the morning, go to work, and I'm, this commercial pops on up with this little kid telling this other little kid that, ah, oh, you're great, you're a star, you're, you're amazing, there's nothing you can do that you can't do. You know, and this is kind of the thing that's taught in our schools and our kid, to our kids and stuff like that today. And it all sounds good, you know, but the, the truth is, you know, you're not completing yourself. You don't have it all together. You're not all that great, you know. <laughs> you're a snot-nosed little punk. You need help, you know. And so, this is the lie that's portrayed to our children, that's portrayed to us adults and motivational speakers and stuff like that, thinking, yeah, you're, all, you're good. You're complete within yourself. And so, and this is the problem with our society. Our society is always like, look within yourself. Whatever feels good, whatever, just go with it. It's all okay. It's okay. Just go. And you're realizing that you're struggling and that it's hard and that you're just in, tor in torment. No, it's okay. You're perfect the way you are. Go. You know, and you're just this mutant just going through life, and you're just like, are you sure? You know, and it's like, yes, 
you're fine. And it's like, no, that's not the way it's intended to be. We need to look to the Bible. Amen. But when we look to the Bible, another lie is that people look in the Bible looking for themselves. And so we're not, we're not supposed to, and this is what, why a lot of people don't believe the Bible. Again, they walk away from the faith because they're reading the Bible and they're not finding themselves. They're looking through it. And also a lot of people treating the Bible like it's a fortune cookie, looking for that, that saying that kind of, you know, itches their, scratches their, what is it, scratches their itch and whatever else, says what they want it to say. So what happens? You know, the fortune cookie, you crack it open, and it usually has something that, yeah, that sounds like me. Oh, yeah, I want that to happen to me. That's great. You know, so, and I'm not, I'm not frowning upon people taking verses and, you know, learning them and letting them be a blessing and having a little daily devotional and stuff like that. That's awesome. That's amazing. But if that's the only way that you're feeding off the word, it just get little nuggets of stuff that kind of help you through your day like it's a horoscope, then that's not good. We need to read the Bible and not to look for ourselves and not to try to get some kind of little buzz off of it, but we need to look at the Bible to know our Father, Amen. to know his nature, to know who he is. That's what it's all about. Because otherwise, the Bible is meaningless. That's why people read it and it's just meaningless to them. This doesn't mean nothing because I can't find myself in it. I don't understand it. It doesn't mean nothing to me. So it's meaningless. And again, they walk away from the faith. So it's a childish thing going after our own will. So here I'm talking about the fear of God. So having the fear of God and as a child, I would have like this reoccurring dreams. Um, actually, I had a few of them. Um, one with a cartoon octopus tickling my feet. One with Miss Piggy, used to always attack me. And then, uh, there was one time I actually bit her nose off, and so, but me and Piggy are cool now, so everything is fine. I love, I love the Muppets. But no, the, another thing is, and what used to always happen is people used to always, used to always dream about people taking me, taking me away from my mom. And I remember being like, I don't know, I was a little bitty thing, maybe five or something like that. I just remember waking up in tears because someone had took me from my mom. And, um, all right, man up, dude. <clears throat> Mother's Day's over with. All right. Um, but no, it was, just, it was just the fear of being taken away from my mother, whom I loved, and it was just, it was, it was horrible. You know, uh, John Bevere, he has a book about the fear of God. I haven't, read, I haven't read it, but I heard him talk about it. And he basically said the fear of God is to be, one aspect of the fear of God is to be afraid to be away from God. And so and I, I just thought that was awesome, because that's kind of what I felt. The, the problem is, when we don't fear God, we, if we're not afraid of being away from our Heavenly Father, there's a problem there, because God, our Father, so good, so amazing Amen. in all his ways. And to think that we can go through life without him is just it's a horrible nightmare. And so that's, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's like me having that, that dream about you know, being taken away from my mother. Psalm 25, verse 14, it says, The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. So think of that. This intimate fellowship that we can have with God is for those who fear him. This is where God will begin to talk to us about his promises, about his goodness, about his will, about his nature. It's there in that moment where, God, I, I love you, I fear you, I know, I know who you are, and you're just amazing. I want to be like you. 
And God's like, come on, my child, let's talk about this. You know, let's walk through life together and all that stuff. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. Psalm 103, verse 13, it says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. And that part, we are dust, it just means we're mortal. So God knows that we're, we're just mortal, weak little children. He knows that. And so he has compassion on us. And, he, and he's just like, come on, let's, let's, let's learn. Let me teach you. Let me bring you through this life. Hold my hand so that you don't go tumbling down the stairs. And let's do this together. Let's walk in this path together. We are mere babes. God help us. So what is the purpose of this childhood? So if, if human nature is a, a big, one big giant childhood, what is the purpose of all this? If we're supposed to live in, hum, in humility before God and have faith in him and revere him, what is the point? It's amazing when we really think about it, how, how much God has invested in us. He sent Jesus, God in the flesh, the very person of God in the flesh, comes down into our childhood world in childhood form and he he lays down his life for us. He goes through the most excruciating punishment of which is our punishment on the cross. He goes through all that. Why? He's the eternal transcending God of the universe who transcends time and space and he's, a, he's beyond anything that we can imagine and he comes and he lays down his life for us. He dies so that we don't have to die spiritually. He's so invested. Why is that? And I mean, it's hard to explain it, but I mean, I think when we all put it all together, God just wants a family. He wants children. He doesn't need us. You know, he's complete within himself, but he wants children. He wants a family. He's the one who created family. He's the, he's the one who created marriage. He's the one who created, you know, friendship and all this stuff like that because he is just a God of relationships. He's a God of love, and love has to have a relationship. It has to share. It has to commune. It has to, you know, all that stuff. God wants children. He wants a family. Second Peter, verse 1. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him. And the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Our, only, our Heavenly Father wants us to grow out of our human nature and conform to his divine nature so that we will be like him. I raise my kids, I want them to be like me, you know? All the good stuff about me, and all this stuff I think is cool. And uh, <laughs> isn't that cool? And they're like, come on, y'all don't know nothing. So, and that's how, that's how we are with God. And God's like, isn't this amazing? And you're like, what's on Netflix? You know, it's like, it's like, come on, you know? And, like God, and God's not like gonna abuse us, you know? He's not a, he doesn't force himself on us. That's what's, what makes him so awesome. But uh, God is invading human nature with the divine nature. 
And so he's, he, but he has to be willing. And so this is something that the scriptures say, we are partakers of the divine nature. That means we share and we walk along with them. And this is something he's like, okay, come on, let's do this. You know, let's walk together. God is this very, let's do this together. Let's share. God of the universe, transcends time and space. He's beyond us. He's superior. He's amazing. But he, he, he condescends. He comes down to our level and he says, come on, little guy. Come on, little girl. Let's do this. Let me show you what I'm like because I want you to grow up to be like me. Matthew 5. This is Jesus talking. Verse 43. You have heard that it is said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. You see, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And I, I like, Scott kind of covered this a couple of weeks ago, how bad a tax collector was in their, in their culture. You know, there was, tax collectors were bad. You know, so Jesus is like, don't tax collectors even do that, you know? Just like Dallas Cowboy fans or something like that, you know? So, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not, like one, I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those people, but I'm just making a joke. But, uh, <laughs> but I am a Texans fan. Anyhow, no matter how bad they are, I'm watching every game. It's going to be good. But anyhow, so even the tax collectors do that. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So here Jesus is saying, look, love your enemies, love your neighbors, love everybody. Because even God does that. God makes all his goodness, his son. He lets the crops produce for the evil and the good. He lets all this stuff happen for the evil and the good. He's not just striking down even people with lightning like Zeus and letting the good people live in, in paradise. Everyone's under the same sun, having the same laws of nature, having the same results of harvesting and reaping and everything. And then here Jesus is like saying, look, you need to be like your father in heaven. Be perfect for he is perfect. And this perfect is being, being complete. Be complete in your nature, in his divine nature, like he is. If you, want to, if you are to be his children, be like him. So we should act as God acts. Amen? So we need to put aside our will because we don't know what's best. Our will is not perfect. And we need to walk in our Heavenly Father's divine will. That's what it's all about. And even Jesus, being in the form of a man, God in the flesh, he did the same thing. He was always doing the will of the Heavenly Father. Even the time where he was going to be, right before he was going to be crucified, he knew it was coming. He knew it. It was coming. The time had come that he was going to endure the most excruciating, horrible thing, take on the sins of the world, past, present, and future, the torturous experience of being on the cross, of being beaten till your ribs are shown, and just horrible things. And he's realizing all of hell and all of sin is going to be put upon him. And he's saying, God, if there's any way, if there's any other way, but not my will, your will be done. To be able to think that way, and to be able to say, not my will, Lord, not my human nature, not my human childish will, but your will, your divine nature, your will be done. That is the divine way of thinking. That's the divine nature. And that's the way we need to think. Amen. Amen. That's our pappy. Amen. So God's character is 
this, this, all this good stuff we think about. Again, we talked about how people, by default, whether they believe God or not, they already assume that he's going to be good. If there is a God, he'll be good. If there's a God, everything will be perfect. If there's a God, everything will be right. Yes, that's true. And yes, there's a God. And I'm not going to get into the whole purpose of why everything's not right because, well, kind of good, because we're children and we're childish. And childish behavior is a problem with this world. And it causes all the problems. It's the result of sin. It's the result of destruction. It's the result of rebellion. It's the result of all the problems. It's from us being children who, who refuse to who follow our Father, who reject Him, you know, and go our own way. This is the result of why the world's so horrible. So God is holy, He's loving, He's just, He's good, He's merciful, He's gracious, He's faithful, He's patient, He's truthful, He's wise, all the good stuff. This is who He is. And this is the kind of, this is the kind of way that we want people to be anyhow. When you meet somebody, you want them to be like that. You want them to be a good person. You want them to be just really awesome. In the same way, we read about in Galatians chapter 5, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all this stuff. These are all characteristics that imitate the nature of God. This is how we should be. Amen. So when we are producing these, these fruits, which are the product, the product of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, you know, that's when we are acting like Christ. We are acting like our Savior. We're acting, like, we're acting like God. We're acting like our Father. We are acting like we are children of God. That's what it's all about. So humans, we as humans cannot achieve divine nature on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. And, but we are in dire need of help. This is the problem. And this is what God is trying to get made right with all the covenants he's, he's put out and the new covenant that we're under now the covenant of grace through Christ Jesus, our, our Lord, our Savior. This is where we are now, and that's why Jesus came. He's the perfect son. He's the perfect imager of God. He's, the, he's what a child of God should be. And so that's why we are always Jesus this, Jesus this, Christ that, Christ that. We follow him. We do this. We do that because he is the imager. He's the one. He's it. He is God. And that's who we are to follow, walk in his footsteps. He came into our little play area, and showed us, this is how the Father is like. When you see the Father, you know, you see me, you see the Father. You know, in Isaiah chapter 6, it calls, him, calls Jesus the everlasting Father. He is it. He's the, he's the creator. Jesus is the one who made us. And he's the face of God. So we're like toddlers, you know, not wanting our diapers changed. You know, the funny thing about, you know, you know some of us, we have kids, and um, thank God they're not in diapers anymore, mine. Uh, but, you know, they go through that age where, you know, they're potty training and, and all that stuff. Or, and, you know, and they're, you know they got something in their diaper. You can smell it. Or you, you can see the bulge. But they do not want to be changed. They just want to marinate in it. They're just like, you know, and, and the, the, the people study that and they study, like, why, why don't kids want to get their diapers changed, you know? And it's, it's because... You know, they want to keep playing. They want to keep doing what they're doing. They want to keep watching Peppa Pig, whatever they're doing. They, you know, they don't want to be, have to go through that transition of having to stop their fun, and even though they smell like an atomic napalm bomb or whatever, they're still going, you know? And so, and what happens when the kid marinates in their filth? They get that rash, right? You know, and then you're trying to clean them up, and, they're, and it hurts, and it burns, and you get that red stuff all over them, and, 
and you got to put that bottom paste on them and stuff like that and <laughs> get that ointment on there and get them all cured up. And that's what God has to do with us. We go around and we're sinning, you know, and we just sit in it, marinate in it, and it blisters and it just gives us that rash. And we're just irritated, it gives us irritation. But we want to keep playing, we want to keep doing what we're doing. No, 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 leave me alone. No, no, I got it, you know. You stink, come on. No, you, you know. <laughs> You are frying your flesh with this stuff. Let me change you. Let me take care of you. That's how we are. And so we are babes. We're just spiritually in diapers, trying to learn. And some of us made it far. We got our pull-ups on. We can pull them off and on. <laughs> Mommy, wow. I'm a big kid now. But you're not. <laughs> you still need help. You still need training. But thank God, God is willing to change our diapers. Now, again, I'm talking metaphorically here. All this stuff's been metaphors, guys. Just work with me. So when you read the Bible, there's a lot of metaphors. Jesus used parables. This is, what, this is how I work. This is how I roll. And uh, so God is willing to change our diapers. He knows that we're going to blow it. There it is. You know? All right, let's come change. No, no. You know, we say, yes, God, I blew it. That's why it's awesome to repent. Be, be repentant. Look, I had an accident. Change me. You know? You know, and some of us, Having to do it all the time, even though we got the pull-ups on. Ah, man, I blew it again. Almost made it, but let me try again. And God's like, okay, come on, let's change it. You know, so, and I think God's, God's not like us. You know, like, remember me and my wife, you know, we're raising our kids, and we can smell it, and we're just thinking, is it your turn, you know? And it's like, <laughs> you just kind of ignoring it. I think he can go a little bit longer. He's having so much fun. It's okay. <laughs> no, but God's like, come on, let's do this. Um, and, no, and he'll heal our rashes, he'll clean our bottom up, he'll get us back on, but, um, and it hurts, you know. I remember changing my kids and they were screaming because it hurts. I mean, you're putting that ointment on and all that stuff because, again, you marinated in it. This is why. All right, so let me close it out here. Get off the diapers. All right. So, again, I'm talking metaphorically. How can we, as children, think that our little world of, you know, action figures and dolls and easy bake ovens and dirty diapers and stuff like that. How can we think that this is all there is? That this is, blah, this is great, this is life. How can we think that, you know, working and having a career and just raising kids and trying to get above somebody, trying to preach your politics, how can we think that's the great stuff? This is, that's the life. How can we think that's beyond? This is what existence is all about. That's childish thinking to think like that. You know, we sit around with our sippy cups and we just think, this is the world, this is the light, this is great. It's childish thinking. But if we're thinking, having a childlike man mentality, we're thinking, yep, someday I'm going to be somebody. Someday I'm going to be like my mommy. Someday I'm going to be like my daddy. You know, if we have this kind of amazing, this, this kind of thinking, and we see our Heavenly Father as amazing, someday I'm going to be like him. I'm going to have his nature. I'm going to enjoy existence with him. He's up here. I'm down here. He's my father. I'm his child. I want to walk with him. Amen. He's the reason I'm here. So human nature is childhood. And I think if we look in the mirror and we just say, okay, I'm just a child. God, be with me. That's, that's good today. Let's go. Let me go to work. Let me go to school. Let me go do what I'm going to do, but God be with me. And so when you have that fear that, okay, God, if I go out these doors without you, no, come with me. And so and that's having that childlike mentality. That's what we need to be. 
We need to humble ourselves. So divine nature is maturity. Human nature is childhood, but divine nature is maturity. And maturity is completeness. That's what it's about. It is producing a ripe fruit. It's like when that tree is mature and it produces its fruit and it's ripe and it's ready to go, that's what that divine nature is. When we can start walking in that, that's what it's about. One doesn't get to maturity without going through childhood. So we have to become human. We have to have humanity. We have to have this human nature. But we're not supposed to be raised by wolves. We're not supposed to be raised in the wild. We're not supposed to be raised without a parent. God is our parent. God is the one who's, who's supposed to raise us. And so that's why when we're away from him, we're not being raised by him. And again, it's not God neglecting us. It's us neglecting him. It's saying, we got it. I'm cool. It's autonomy. And that's the problem with humanity. It's also the problem, problem with the spirits that fail. Autonomy. I got this. This is mine. I'm going to go my way. My will be done, not yours. And because maturity, let me back it up. So one doesn't get to maturity without going through childhood, but childhood must be guided, or else childhood can become opposed to maturity. So a lot of times, young people will look at being grown up as, oh, that's a boring life, and you, know, you can't have any fun, and stuff like that. And that's, a lot of times, that's what people think of as being, you know, being godly. Oh, you can't, you can't have fun. It's, 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 uh, it's unimaginable. There's nothing you can really do, and, uh, which is the complete opposite. Because maturity is freedom. Man, when you're mature and you're grown up, you can do whatever you want. You know, and that's an awesome thing. And, and, and you're, when you're wise, you know, you're, as a grown up, you do the right thing and life goes good. But childhood is restrictive. You're restrictive in your own mindset, in your own knowledge, in your own play area. And, you know, that's as far as you're going to go. You're not going to do much. And also childhood can be dangerous because... It's self-seeking. And so a child's only looking what's, please, what, what they want. Is it time to eat, mommy? You know, can I go, I want to play, I want to do this. They're in their own little world. And so that's the problem with us, is that humanity is in their own world. We're in our own playpen. And that's all we see is our toys, Peppa Pig, our diapers. That's all we see. But we don't realize that existence is more than just this, this state that we're in. This is not all there is. Okay, so remember, humility, faith, and the fear of God. This is our childhood as Christians. Humility, faith, and the fear of God. When we, if we lose those things, we're no longer being childlike. And we lost our childhood. And so and at that point, we're on our way to destruction and rebellion. It's not good. So we need to be humble. Humble ourselves before God, and he will lift us up. We need to have faith in God. We need to trust him. We need to believe him. And at that place, we will please God, and he will provide everything we need, and he will reward us according to his will. And we need to fear God because it will become harder for us to sin, and God will confide in us. We'll have that intimate relationship with him. Humble faith, fear in God. This is our childhood, my fellow believers. This is how we're supposed to be. We are but mere babes. Let us walk with our Heavenly Father through our, through our Lord Jesus and partake in the divine nature.
That's our call. Amen. All right. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. All right, so I'm just going to pray. And then um, as I'm praying, if the prayer partners can come up here and, uh, and just, if you guys have, if you're in the state of where you're like, yeah, I blew it, I need someone to just to pray with me and just to help me with what's going on. Maybe you're someone who doesn't know, you don't know Jesus, you haven't really walked with him. Let these, let these up here, these people up here who are full of faith pray with you and just come in agreement with you and just, and then at that place, stay in, in the household of faith in the church and learn and grow. And um, that's what it's all about. All right, let me pray. Father, we need you. And I thank you that you are there. I thank you, God, that you are near. I thank you, God, that you care. And I pray, God, that you would just reveal to us, God, your goodness and your grace. Holy Spirit, that you will guide us in the ways that we should go. And I pray, God, that as we humble ourselves, God, as we go after you, God, as we allow you to come into our lives, that you will be our, our parent, our father, nurturing and loving and compassionate, but at the same time, giving us discipline that we may grow, that we may increase, that we may partake in your nature, holy God, and be about your business and be in your will and walk in your ways and be love and light and be image bearers in this world to our fellow neighbors and brothers and sisters and all of humanity and glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.